Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is September 13th, 2022, and this is episode 98. In today's episode, we have the thrilling conclusion of my interviews with Bill Osborne. I had the opportunity to talk with Bill via Zoom a couple of weeks ago. And as we sat and talked and reflected over the 50 years that he has dedicated to taking photos of unlimited hydroplane racing, his photos are incredible. But with those photos, he's met some pretty notable people around the sport. He continues to talk about those special relations that he's connected with over those years in this episode. You'll recognize a few names. Some may not be as familiar, but those stories are incredible nonetheless. Bill also has a published book, 55 Years, A Personal History of Unlimited Hydroplane Racing. He's talked about this in the previous episodes, but we go a little bit further in depth on this book, and he even informs us how you can reach out to purchase one of these books. It's a great addition to any hydroplane enthusiast collection, and I highly recommend that if you have not purchased one yet, please reach out to Bill and get one today. And when you do, make sure you tell him that Rooster Talk sent you. All right, you don't want to listen to me talk about this anymore. Let's get back to my interview with Bill Osborne as he continues to talk about some special people that he's met over the years. Next on my list is Bill Cahill. Bill Cahill is, <laughs> if, if you were to look up character in the dictionary, they'd be like a 16 by 20 picture. Bill is one of the funniest, hardest working, most loyal people I've ever met in my life. So we met, and it was actually in 2005, they signed a deal. Bill, Bill said, well, you know, we're going to do just the two races. And I said, okay, Tri-Cities in Seattle. So I was working that season for Schumacher's. And, and Cheryl wanted me to say that some of what we did with them was really a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm just going to focus on the fun part of it because some of it was not, but yeah. A lot of what we did with them was fun. So we get to, to we go to, to Evansville and Jean puts the boat upside down and the, all the, the cowling gets destroyed and the boat gets damaged. So we went to Evansville to repair the boat and they get it repaired. And I asked Jane, I said, so, you know, I said, I have the ability to put decals on the boat. Scott and the crew are working on stuff. If you want me to, to, put the Miss Seattle on the cowling, I can do it. She said, we don't have it. We don't have any more. We're all we have, we got this beacon plumbing stuff. And I said, well, why don't we label, letter it up as beacon plumbing and just give him, she said, I'll either give him a race, but I'm not going to take $5,000 for a race. She said that, that lowers the value of it. And now that's the, that's the market value. And I agreed with her on that. So boats lettered up as beacon plumbing. We show up in Detroit and, Madison didn't go well. Valleyfield didn't go well. And Scott came up with this idea of putting the curved skid fin on the boat. And all of a sudden, the boat came to life. Mm-hmm. So Bill Cahill had decided at the last minute, and I didn't realize how he does things. He travels like at the last minute. So he shows up. And people are saying, Mr. Cahill this, Mr. Cahill that. And they wanted, Scott wanted me to get Bill up on the boat. And he wasn't resigning. Mr. Cahill, would you come up here? 
So I said, I finally yelled out and said, Billy boy, get your butt up here now because we're, we're, we don't have much time to do this. <laughs> he responded to that. So he came up and sat in the boat and I showed him how the controls worked and thought that was pretty cool. And I thought, okay, I, I get this guy. Bill, Bill, Bill was born and raised as a blue collar worker. That's the way he thinks, but he also is a brilliant manager of, of Beacon Plumbing. And he started the company in 1999 with $6 in his pocket and half a tank of gas. This year, the company is, going to, is on track to do $50 million worth of business. Wow. So it, we've, become, we've become good friends. After that, we won the Gold Cup. And what happened at the Gold Cup was that, is that we got penalized in the first heat. This curved skid fin was really cool, but it tended to overturn a little bit. You, you, had, you, you couldn't turn it the normal way you had to. You'd get it set and then just let the, the fin do its thing. Well, Jean whacked a buoy in the first heat, and then uh, we, we had a gun jump. And then on, on Sunday, we had another incident with, and it was, I, I didn't blame, they, they wanted, they being the Schumachers wanted to blame Mike Allen for cutting us off. I thought it was a 50-50 deal. I thought Mike moved in and we moved out and our boat almost went over. And so they were going to withdraw the boat. And I went and I said to, to Billy, I said, what are we doing? He said, we're, we're withdrawing the boat. I said, well, whose decision is that? And he said, well, Jane, and she's up in the, in the bus, and you can't talk to her because she's counting out the per diems. And no one's allowed to go in there. I walked in. She said, you can't come in here now. I said, we need to talk. I said, we can win this race. I'm going to tell you how we can win it. All we have to do is win heat four. That'll put us on the front row of the final. And then, then we can win it. I said, I'm convinced we can win it. And Bill was aware that something was going on. And he said to me, he said, well, are are we withdrawing the boat? And I said, nope, we're not going to withdraw the boat. Even though they had already said they were going to do it. I said, nope, we're not going to do it. Yeah, well, that's good because I don't like people quitting. Had they withdrawn and folded up the tent, Beacon Plumbing would have honored the commitment at Tri-Cities in Seattle. Possibly, he might have even pulled the plug and not, not even, he might have just canceled the whole deal. Wow. So, so we won the Gold Cup and Bill was... Like half an hour after the final heat's over, Bill's on an airplane, and he just he said, "Here's here's a credit card number. Take him to the DYC for dinner." And there was you, you go to some of these dinners, and, and you know you pay for your drinks, not with not with Beacon, <laughs> not with Bill Cahill. Everything's paid for. When we won at Seattle, and this show this shows you where the type of guy Bill is. Bill Bill said to me, he said, "Well, I need you to call the Space Needle." And we, we're, we're bringing like 50 or 60 people for dinner at the Space Needle at 10 o'clock. I said, Bill, I, said, I think they closed. So I called the Space Needle. Absolutely no. So he calls up, he calls him up and he said, this is Bill Cahill, Beacon Plumbing. I just won the blank, blank seafare race <laughs> and I'm bringing 60 people and you've got two choices. You can either serve us or you can serve us because I'm bringing them up the elevator and we're, 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 and we're doing open bar. We're pay I'm paying for everything. You're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> so we had we had the most incredible dinner. I mean, it was just there were people there that didn't belong there. But if they were if they were anywhere associated with the boat, and Bill said, "Do you know some of these people?" Like there's one table. I said, "I have no idea who they are." They just tagged <laughs> along, and they were well. We're fans of Beacon Plumbing, but 
Bill has a passion for the sport that is, and what I tried to tell him in the book is that I did a chapter on him because we don't have Budweiser anymore as a sponsor. We don't have Miller. We don't have Pringles. We don't have Lumar and these national companies. Now the prototypical sponsor is a local guy who's got the passion for the sport. And Bill's first question, he said, if, if you're going to have a sponsor, what's the most important question? His number one question is, do you like the sport? Are you a fan of it? And if the answer is yes, then consider him as a sponsor. If the answer is no, don't get into this because it's not going to work for you. And if you're a, lo- a smaller company in a, in, a, in, a, in a local market and you handle it properly, hydroplane racing can work for you. And if, if, if you want it to work. And so we've become, you know, he was so grateful when we were building our house down here and, and you know, you know, that the teachers aren't paid what we should be paid. And we, <laughs> right. won't, we won't get into that rant, but Cheryl and I decided to build a house on the Columbia river and I'm, I'm a math guy. So I did the budget and I'm, I told her, I said, I'm going to be the general contractor for this project. And that's what we're going to do. And so, okay. So Bill said to me, he said, well, who, how are you going to plumb your house? I said, well, I haven't, I haven't let that contract out yet. I haven't taken a bid. He said, there are no bids. He said, I'm doing your house. I said, Bill, well, that doesn't make sense. You're 250 miles away. I said, and you, you've got to come down. You'd have to come down for six days, two-day uh, two trip, three times. I said, it doesn't make sense for you with your business in I'm not arguing. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm plumbing your house and, and I'm sending my best guy down there. And uh, so Jeff McCoy came down, did a fabulous job. And when he told me how much the, the plumbing would have been, it was, it was the difference between us affording a house and not, but that's bill over the years. What he has done is that he has passions. His sister was murdered when, when he was young and so he's, he has one of his passions is, is he will not put up with abuse of women. And so he has, he has supported all sorts of, of uh, organizations that, that fight Crime Stoppers International. And, and he's done things like the Northwest Harvest. He served one year, I think he served like 120,000 meals, the Northwest Harvest. Wow. He doesn't promote that. He just does it. And like I said, his passion for the boat racing is second to none. So we were sitting in the office one day and he said, you know, I know that some of the Schumacher racing things didn't go as well as you hope. He said, is there anything that you didn't get that you really wanted? And I said, yeah, Bill, it was one, it's a, it's a small thing, but I didn't, I wanted a gold cup ring because I felt that, that my role in, in talking them into running the boat was it was the difference between us running and not running and billy billy even said to me that night at the, at the dinner he said well he said i guess i owe you the gold cup he said because if you hadn't done this we wouldn't run i said so i never got a gold cup ring and so he asked and he said well how much are they i said well the good ones are between five and ten thousand a piece and he said oh he said well order two of them one for you and one for me and so i i one of my cherished possessions is my 2006 APBA Gold Cup ring with my name on it, and you know, 
I'll sell every other piece of memorabilia I have, but that's the one that, that will never go away. Yeah. And so when we did, I'm going to jump ahead. When we did this deal, Bill wanted to go back into the sport, but we, we considered buying the, the Schumacher boat. That didn't work for, for multiple reasons. It just, it just didn't make sense for Bill to do that. And then we tried to, we had a deal in place for him to sponsor the Oberto team, the Mass, Madison Racing team. And he called me then when I wrote the contract and it was, it's a pretty good, it was a pretty good contract. I would recommend it if you were a, an owner or a sponsor, this is a good one to have because I had, I might use my law school experience and, and I had a lawyer look at it and I think we covered everything pretty well. He called me the night we were going to do it and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And so he turned it over to, he said, I've got a friend, I'm going to turn it over to them. And this guy is, is Mark Mason from Home Street Bank and they can become a good person. So he turned it, he turned, he walked away. So when this deal came up, I just said, Bill, I said, this is kind of our last chance. And I said, I think this is a, a, a marriage that could work between you and Kelly and Dave and the boat has got potential. So I think, I think we're, I think we're on, on to something good and, and that's where we are now. And as far as what the future holds, I don't know. So we'll, we'll I have to leave that at, at that. But again, Bill is, he's, he, he loves hydroplane racing even almost as much as you and I do. (laughs) Well, it's good to hear there's other people out there that that love it as much as us, right? Yeah, yeah, really. How about Roger Newton? Roger Newton, your dad is one of, and I'm not, and I, you can ask other people and not just because I'm talking to you who is a son, Roger Newton is one of the finest human beings I ever had the pleasure to know. And he just, he had a great sense of humor. He, he loved hydroplane racing. He loved you and, and your sister. He just wanted, he loved and he, the passion that he had for boat racing, all the time, money, and effort he spent on doing those drawings to get people into model boat racing. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was an insane amount of time that he did. To, and to show you how well respected he was, when I was doing my first version of the book, a second version, I got a call one night at like 11.30 or 12 o'clock and this guy's from Australia. And he said, I'm calling from Sydney, Australia and I'd like to buy some books. I said, holy, I said, why? You know, I, I said, I said, you're like the eighth person has called this month from Australia or contacted me and want to buy. I said, so where are you guys, what's all this? He said, well, we're RC, we're RC people. I said, oh, okay. So he said, so, I said, so what do you use for, how do you build your boats? He said, well, there's this guy, there's this guy in the Northwest who made plans. His name was Roger Newton. And we, we, we all have used Roger Newton plans. And the guy said, so did you ever, did you ever meet him? I said, Roger was one of my best friends ever in my life. And the top 10 best friends I've ever had in a long time. I said, you knew Roger? <laughs> said, yeah. yeah, we were just buddies. And so Roger had, he had a passion to show you and to show you where he was with model boat racing, as you know, can get pretty intense. You're trying to compete. So we had this deal in 19, I think it was 1980. It was a Harmsworth race. And what it was, it was a match race format. Number one 
matched up against number 16. And I had that year, I'd only raced in five races, but I qualified for it. And I think Roger was, Roger was number one in points. So he and I faced off in the first round. So I had Monty Steers, slow motion five. I got the, I got the inside and I won the heat. Okay. Now it's a best two out of three. So we get into the next heat and Roger's on the inside. We come off the corner and, and the boat, Monty's boat was, was like driving a Cadillac. All of a sudden I'm, I'm out in front of him. I've, all I've got to do is just straighten the thing out and come to the finish line and I've got him. All of a sudden the boat takes a hard right and goes right in front of your dad's Budweiser. Roger slows down and we're, we're, we're standing on the, the platform together. He says, what was that all about? And I said, I have no idea, Newt. I said, I, I said it bit me. And he said, wow. He said, I can't believe that happened. So we crossed the line and they awarded me first place. I said to him, I said, well, no, I said, I'm sure. I said, let's get ready for the third round because I know that they're going to review it and they'll disqualify me, which they should because I chopped him right in front, right in front of God and everybody. And they said, I, I walked over to the contest director and I said, so, I'm assuming that Roger and I are facing off. No, no, you were one heat. And I said, I, I cut him off. I right, was right in front of you. He said, well, we've decided just to let it go. I said, you can't let it go. So I went to, to Roger and said, no. I said, you got it. All you got to do, if you'll file a protest, you just come up there and, and tell them you want to protest it. They'll review it. And then we can go run again. He said, no. He said, I'm not going to do that. And I said, Roger, you got to do it because... I want to race you again because this is so much fun. He said, no, I just save, save your equipment and, and, and go on to the next round. How many people in model boat <laughs> racing would ever have done that? And he's the only one. He's yeah. the only one that would have done it. So, um, like I said, we would talk on an average of once a week, you know, not just during boat racing season, but just, you know, about things. And like I said, if he could see what you're doing now, boy, he'd be really proud. Yeah, I mean, and I've said that to you well, before. You. Yeah, he—he yeah. he just, uh, like I say, one of one of my all-time favorite people. And uh, well, well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate the kind words, and that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about Dave Vilwalk? Dave, Dave has Dave has been interesting because you know you don't know. I tell people this will be kind of a short one, but you don't know somebody to either a you live with them or b you work with them. In the last two years, I've been working with Dave on this Beacon project, and he has been—he's been amazing. He, every time he does something, we—we—we like we made the little the little thing the little fins on the left sponson, and this is why we're going to do it. And then we put the little wing in the back, and this is why we're going to do it. And then we put the little ski on the inside for the skid fin. He's called me, and it's not just because that I'm. I've got Cahill's here and, and doing all the stuff, but you know, that's, they've been great to work with. And uh, um, I just wish that he could have had the success that with the boat that we wanted him to have, but it just, yeah. it, it hasn't, it hasn't worked and we can assess blame, but the bottom line is that unfortunately it hasn't worked for him to this year and, and last year. And, I'm not sure what to say what the, what the future holds, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, and yeah, there's been some unlucky, unlucky breaks there. I've been yeah. hoping to see some some more success for him. 
How about Rich Ormbrick? Rich Ormbrick, as I said earlier, was one of one of the people that inspired me to take the action shots. And and he helped me a lot in, in acquiring equipment and um, just just a very, very good friend and and the guy again, heart of gold, absolute heart of gold, would do anything for anybody. And uh, just a really, really great, great guy. And uh, like I said, I wanted to put the chapter of him in the new book because he's one of these people that he got, gets no credit for, for what he did because he's like yesterday's news. But I wanted him to, to be documented that he did some pretty cool stuff in, in boat racing and, and helped me a lot. All right. Our last one on the list, Bob Carver. And we talked about him. I'm going to tell you a quick story about Carver that, that nobody knew and I didn't know until years later. Bob called me and I had an, an Olympus Pen FT half frame camera. So instead of taking 36 pictures, you could take 72, but they were half the size of the 35 millimeter. He called me and said, He's, you need to come down to my shop. I said, okay. He said, that camera is garbage and it needs to go away. I said, well, Bob, I, I I, I know what I'd like, but I can't afford it. And so he, he goes, we go into his office and there's this Nikon FTN and it had a, a sports prism viewfinder on it. So it didn't have a meter. He had to use a handheld meter because there was no meter built into it, but it had this big viewing screen to look through. And he said, this is what you need. And I said, oh, I can't afford this. I had looked it up on there was one mail order company that was the largest one in the world called Olden Cameras in, in downtown New York. In 1970, that camera was $800. I said, wow. I can't afford that. He <laughs> said, well, you need to have it. And he said, and he said, here's one here. You can have this one. This one's 500. And it was all, it was in the box. The box was right there. And I went, really? He said, yep. And so I had a stamp collection. I, I took my, Got rid of my Columbian Exposition uh, mint uh, stamps that I had and went down to Bob's and I gave him the $500, took the camera. So some years later, I was talking to his writing partner was Eileen Crimmin. And I said to Eileen, I said, yeah, that was really cool that he got the deal for me. She said, he didn't get you any deal. I said, what do you mean I did? She said, no, he paid the difference. Wow. He paid. He paid the three hundred dollars because he he saw something in you that he liked and wanted to help you. And I went, "Wow, I wish I, I wish I could have thanked him for that, but obviously I didn't." Yeah. No. Yeah. So I had I had two, and we've we've covered them a little bit. But the two best days of my life in boat racing were the Madison seventy one Gold Cup. Okay. Because I traveled with them for the for the season. Jim McCormick was my roommate for four weeks. And that was an adventure. And then, of course, we, and we won that race. And then, of course, the 2006 Gold Cup that I talked about, you know, winning it, that was on my 59th birthday. So in the Extreme Boats magazine editor gave me unbelievable latitude. He said, just write the story from any perspective you want. I don't care what you do, just make it, make it, make it different. I don't want the same thing every, every story. Okay. So I wrote it from a first person. It was called Bill's Best Birthday. And, and so it went through how we, how we won the race. And those were the two best days that I ever had. We've also had some bad ones. But, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure had I been in Washington in 1966, 
I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have continued. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons that, that Carver ultimately got out of it was because of that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we have the bad with the good. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, you've talked a lot about this book, 55 years, a personal history of unlimited hydroplane racing. I've been reading it. I've been reading like chapter two each night. I think I'm out. I'm on a Jimmy Sheen chapter, so I'm about two thirds okay. of the way through. I'm really enjoying it. It's a really great book. But how how did this book come about? What inspired you to write a book with years of photography? Well, what happened was I used to, and Bernie was funny about this. Bernie would I would show up with 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 a book of pictures, and Bernie would say I want eight sixteen by twenties of that and twelve eight by tens of number three, and number five I want. 28 by 10s and three 16 by 20s. He'd make this long list and I would nod my head and I'd go, okay, okay. And then he'd say, are you going to write it down? I said, no. And then what I would do is I would go back to my car where I had a notebook. I would write the orders down on one notebook. And then any conversations that I had with people, I just wrote them down. So over the years I had between five and 600 pages worth of notes, conversations with people. Wow. And I thought, so after I retired from teaching, I thought, you know, it would be kind of cool to do, do a book, but instead of doing and, and, you know, doing a Fred Farley in lap three of the 1981 <laughs> race, you know, Budweiser was here and then in lap four, did, and Fred was very good about recalling all that uh, what we call statistical information. Yeah. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to, and I hope that you've, you've sensed that in the book is that I wanted to tell things about like the Bill Muncy story about things that they didn't know. And yeah. um, with Dean Chenoweth in 1982, we were sitting in New York and we got blown out from, from, because of, of wind. And Dean and I were sitting on the dock and I was working for Anheuser-Busch and for Bernie at that race. And he said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, I beg your pardon. He said, I don't. I just, my heart's not in it. I don't want to do it. And he said, you need to go tell Bernie right now you're, you're done. And my concern was that Dean would, would have a mental lapse in judgment and crash the boat. As it turned out, that's not what killed him. But it was still, you know, I, I had these stories that where people would tell me these things. I thought this could be kind of cool to tell people about about the personalities and the, the people in, in try, I tried to tell the readers something that they wouldn't otherwise know. Yeah. And, and I had, of course, had those um, five, 600 pages worth of notes. What I did was I spent a year transcribing those. And then what I did was I, there were, there were things that would have been read. And I said this in the, in the forward that would have meant more like from a tabloid. Um, I just decided to, to not tell about people's owners some of their extracurricular activities. I thought this is, that's where I'm going to draw the line and not do that. So I, I just decided to, but, but I still wanted to tell the readers something that they didn't already know. And so that's what inspired me to do it. And my wife was extremely patient with me doing this and I had to learn the, the program InDesign, which is the graphic program. If the book cost one unit's worth of money to print, had I just handed them uh, files, pictures, 
and instead of lay it out and do it, it would have tripled my cost, printing cost. Because that's that's where they really charge you to lay it out. So I had to learn that that InDesign program, which was to me it wasn't it wasn't as intuitive as some people say it is, but but it kind of is now, but it wasn't then. Mm-hmm. And that took so the whole process took about five years to do that. And then why did I do this other one? Because I've been had people for the last few years have been saying, you know, would you we didn't get one, we want to do it. And I thought, well, it'd be fun to do an update. I wanted to expand the Jimmy Shane chapter because he's gone from way down the list to, to tied for number five overall. Mm-hmm. JMK has moved up the list. And I wanted to do the Tate family, do something a little different with them. Instead of just talking about Mark or Andrew, just talk about the whole family. And then I wanted to do the Cahill chapter and then update it. And um, the a week before we went to press, the printing company called me and said, well, we've got some bad news. Paper costs have gone up $3,000. So that's that's an average of like $6 a book in my cost that went up in one day. Wow. So we just decided to, that's why I don't take credit cards because we're we're on a really tight margin and just decided to do it and we're selling them. Yeah. Well, I I think you definitely accomplished, you know, getting that personal side of, of those people out and the drivers and owners and the people in the sport that you're talking about. Um, there's been a lot of things in this and I don't, I don't, I won't spoil it for the viewers, but there's a lot of stories I didn't know about before. And just another aspect inside of the, the people that drive the sport that I haven't known about. So brings another aspect to that, but how many books do you have, have left or people still we're, able we're, to buy this? We're about half. We're about, about two, about two fifty left. Okay. So how can someone get a book from you? Well, the easiest way to do that is to, they can call me, which is my number is 253-219-5327, or they can email me at billophoto at aol.com. And if, if we meet up in person, the books are $70. If I ship it to you with shipping, it's 78. Okay. And it's like cash check or money order. Okay. And that's pretty, pretty much it. All right. I'll put those, I'll put those links in the, uh, in the bio as well. So you can get okay, great. in touch with, with Bill. Yeah. And you also have a website that sells photos as well. Is that correct? I, I do. Yeah. And yeah. The, in the books on, on the 2022 page, there's, there's, there's a page you can go to and you, it gives you what tells you what's in each chapter. Okay. So that, so for those who, who there are people that are, that are buying some people that are buying, they bought all three versions and some people are buying it for the first time. So. Well, excellent. Appreciate you doing this. And uh, yeah, well, I appreciate you being on, on the show, Bill, and, and talking through some of your success and years in, in hydroplane racing. And let's, let's hope that we can turn this thing around and, and get back to the, to the, to the glory days that, uh, that we all live for because this is a really cool thing and uh, yeah it is I, I would just i would caution people if, if you have a complaint about the sport instead of going on facebook and complaining call the people up that that you want to direct your uh, comments to and talk to them personally because i don't know anybody involved in the sports that wants to see it fail everyone wants to see it succeed so instead of airing our dirty laundry 
let's be positive. Let's and, and if you have if you have a constructive criticism, and don't just whine about well, we don't have enough boats. Well, then let's talk about how can we how can we improve this, mm-hmm. and uh, let the people know that uh, that are in charge that, uh, but but do it privately. That that's just my that's the, that's the way I think it should be done. Yeah, that's good advice. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Bill. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races. Thank you.